0: Welcome to the Weekly Exchange.
1: This week in Forex and Strategy Game News we have updates on Gladius, Age of Wonders Planetfall, Thea 2, Imperator Rome, and much, much more. Nate and Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's good to be here. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. I spent a lot of time outdoors today. I actually got to go on a fossil dig. And, uh, you know, so I was outside and and digging around outdoors and all this stuff. So I might be a little bit stuffy today. Okay,, was, uh, there was a lot of dust and and mm. I don't know, what yeah, you got allergies or something right? well, n- usually not too bad, but like it was just really dusty and e- dry today, so I might be a little bit stuffy, um, but it was a lot of fun um found a few found a few fossils and you know talked to scientists and all this stuff and it was it was really cool-, mm-hmm. okay, well, sounds like you had some fun today, yeah, it was pretty good. uh, how was your weekend? Ah, uh, so far so good. I have
0: uh, I have nothing that exciting to report. So, um, uh, yeah, Well, I that's guess pretty I'm, good uh,
1: because you've been super busy lately. Yeah, I guess I'm not cool. That's what no. I'm getting. At. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but uh, you know,
0: a <laughs> nice one. I mean, nice one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's nice just to have some downtime after helping. Yeah, you yeah. There you go. Nice recovery,
0: months. right there. Nice recovery. Very it's good. what I
1: do. It's what I do. So All let's right. get started. Why don't you kick things
0: off with Gladius? I gladly so this past week on July 12th Gladius was released into the wild the 1.0 version there's a last minute update and things like that and there's feedback starting to come in reviews are coming out now I, I need to say this first and foremost we have a review for it it is being worked on it will be out when it is out it is going to be amazing now I cannot go ahead and let you guys know how it's going to be scored, because I'm not writing it, and I don't know. And we don't add the score until the end of the review process, which is done by the review writer. Now, having said that, I will talk more about Gladys at the end as far as my experience, but two things. uh Dallin, who does a lot of our videos, put up a video this week with his impressions, not a review score, just his impressions. He's been streaming. I've been on some of the streams. Um, he's been... Uh, doing like let's plays, let's check out these new factions things like that. So you, you definitely want to, you know, tune in and check out what he thinks about it. And then we'll have the review. Now, my opinion as always will be my own. And again, I will state it later. So what, what did they reveal this week? Well, they're starting to go into a little bit more depth about the game and the strategy, but this week was a major thing, which was talking about the orcs. That was the last faction that they haven't gone into any detail. So they did this week. They're explaining uh, the units that they're using, what makes them special, the vehicles. Uh, there, Another thing they did is like with their endgame units, which are the Squiggy Goth and uh, the which are really, really good units to use as endgame units. And overall, I think Proxy Studios, these are the guys that are developing the game for Slytherin, using a Games Workshop license. Uh, I think they did a really good job because each of the major factions plays differently. And each one of them has, you know, their own unique style. And even though some people and or reviewers are coming back with, oh, there's no diplomacy. You know, for personal reasons, there could be a little bit, I think. But it would be something that is very, very faction specific. Now, as far as the game is concerned, based on the license in Warhammer... Universe in the year 40, you know, in the 40th millennium, diplomacy comes at the end of a gun, a last (laughs) rifle, a shooter, you know, uh, a Gauss cannon if you're the Necrons or there's other weapons, a shuriken cannon or gun or rifle if you're the Eldar. There's all kinds of stuff coming and they don't really talk to each other much, even factions within the same race don't have the best relations, hence why you can have Imperial Guard and Space Marines fighting. There could be all kinds of stuff going on. So I'm not bothered by that. And another thing that I heard mention is, oh, there's, you know, the tech tree. And, okay, I'll, I'll give him that. The tech tree, they could have done a little bit more with it. But having said that, in Warhammer 40K, there is no new discoveries to be had. That's that's all that stuff is is old it's tens of thousands of years old and the whole systems get purged because of discoveries of these templates.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the conceit of Warhammer 40K. It's it's very advanced but at all at the same time yeah, aggressive. Yeah. It has stopped. Yeah, because they're they're so busy killing each other and sacrificing yep. people to this or that. They they don't have time or opportunity to invent the, the new all- things.
0: Right. The only two factions that actually invent things are the Tyranids because they consume everything and they mutate. That's one. And possibly the Orcs because they salvage everything. But they're not really anything new. They're just whatever they find, they kind of slap it together, you know, and then it somehow works. They believe it'll work. So it kind of works. And that's it. Nobody else is really developing anything or hasn't for a long time. That's how maybe, but I mean again, if they get added into the game, those are mechanics that can be addressed at that point right so then the last right so then the last thing I'm hearing about is like, oh, you know this game, you know, it, it could have been this or it could have been that and it's like, yeah, it could have been, but it isn't. this is a war game. This is a fantastic war game that's set with a fantastic license that's appropriate. It's not like they took a civilization game and all of a sudden, Everybody hates each other and they're killing one another.
1: You or know, this or is... if they took uh, Star Trek and turned it into a war oh, game. Exactly. Even though that you could have that as a scenario because
0: in any particular time in Star Trek lore, Babylon lore, Star Wars lore, you know, well, which Star Trek is really about, you know, discovery and interaction uh, among uh, the
1: species.
0: Uh, Deep Space Nine was not really about that. Sorry.
1: Well, yeah, I didn't <laughs> think Deep Space Nine was a very good Well.
0: So. You know, again, that's personal. Partly because of that. (laughs) So, having said all of that, I think that Gladius, as far as a Forex goes, it's a typical Forex. Yeah, it might not have all of the ingredients that people expect, but that's the thing. People are so fed up with that. They're like, no, we want something different. They need to change. So, here's a game that's like a cross between. I would say like the militant nature of Age of Wonders and the combat style of and I'm using this because a lot of people don't really know Pandora, the first game they released, and it's it's pretty different from Pandora. So, you know, it's not even even that's not a fair comparison, but like it's like comparing Age of it's like hybridizing Age of Wonders three and Civ set in a whole other place with some of the faction asymmetry of endless legend you know so it's it's got a lot going for it and you know as far as that that's about as much as i can say about this aspect of the game i mean i've played some i can honestly say i've enjoyed it will i get two or three hundred hours out of this game i have no idea will i get more well that depends on proxy if they release some of the other factions and they do as good a job with them as they've done on the original four yeah oh yeah Sure, because I'm in the mood for some different 4X, you know? Yeah, definitely.
1: So uh, let's move on to Age of Wonders Planetfall. And they had a dev dire this week. And it kicked off with accuracy and hit chances. And when I saw that subtitle, I was like, oh, no. Here we go. We're going to be at XCOM levels of, you know, 90% chance to hit means you've got a 50-50 shot. And that's up. I, I was really stoked about this game and then I saw that and I was like I uh, I'm just I'm just not. And then I kept on reading I th- and like actually this is this is going to turn out really well. It's not just hit or miss with Age of Wonders Planetfall there's chance to hit, chance to graze and chance to do nothing. So total miss. And you know the the joke with XCOM type games is a 90% chance means 50/50. Well, In Age of Wonder's Planetfall, I think they put 90% on there just for that, kind of that joke. If you have a 90% chance to hit, that that really means you have a 90% chance to hit, and a 10% chance to graze, and a zero chance to do nothing. 75% chance to hit means you have a 25% chance to graze, and a 0% chance to do nothing. It's really only when you drop below that, that the odds of doing nothing... Start to rise a little bit. So, a 50% mm. chance to hit, for instance, means, you know, 50% chance to hit, right. 25% chance to graze, and 25% chance to do nothing. And, mm. you know, th- that's fair. That's fair. When you graze, you do half damage. Right. So, you know, instead of 10, you might do five or something like that. So, so here's my take
0: on it. I got two takes on this. If you want to see some version of this at play in a 4X, Look at the damage, resolution, and endless legend. So an endless legend, that kind of sort of plays out where you will hit, but there's a possibility that you do maximum damage. There's a possibility you do regular damage. There's a possibility to do lower damage, you know, or no damage at all. That's kind of what they're doing here. But from what I saw, this has to do mostly with ranged weapons. This is how you separate ranged weapons from hand-to-hand weapons or weapons that are, you know, tile-to-tile versus something that's two tiles, three tiles, or however many tiles away. So the further you are away, the less likely you are to hit your target. And then you might want to consider stuff like area effect, something that might affect, might destroy cover or might destroy whatever, you know. So that's how this is going to be different. They sort of had some version of this in Age of Wonders 3. So, for example, if you're firing into a squad that or an army, I guess that happens to be inside of a forest, you're less likely to hit them. Or you do. So as a result, that translates to doing less damage. So here it looks like they're going to fine tune it further. And I, I think the whole XCOM thing, I, a lot of people don't understand probability they think they know probability but they don't and the way probability works and doesn't work that's what really makes them mad and that's you know that's in any game of this type another game that had this was chaos reborn and also like there was the probability there was brutal but if you make the right decisions then you can get more consistent results that's how XCOM works that's why you use cover that's why you try to flank units. That's why you try to do focused fire. You try multiple units. So I think that's going to be the same thing that's going to happen here. At least that's what I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, and it makes a lot more sense to do that for ranged weapons in Age of Wonders Planetfall since it's set in the future, and guns and lasers and that sort of thing are going to be much more common than they would be in you know, something like a fantasy setting where you're using swords and axes and uh, lances and that sort of thing. So. Also, uh, Planetfall is going to have mechanics brought in from other squad tactics games like Overwatch. Not the game Overwatch. uh, I'm talking about the mechanics of Overwatch and Staggering. So, you know, Overwatch, you've got a unit that's kind of, uh, you know, looking over an area, uh, sweeping it with their their eyes or their sensors or something, looking for enemies. And if an enemy ends up in in their arc, they're going to attack them, you know, to cover guys. And then staggering is where you can bring a unit out of Overwatch by setting off an explosion or impacting them somehow uh, physically, you know, like maybe you sneak up behind them, stab them with a knife or something, and that's, that sort of thing. So the dev journal also had a couple Q&As real quick, and um, I'm just going to read them off real quick in case anybody in our uh, community had the same questions and the first one was will some races such as space dwarves be able to drop turrets and deploy them during battle and the answer was the vanguard specialize in drones and autonomous robots their engineer can deploy the turret while their t4 specializes in launching various types of drones in combat if that makes sense to you there's there's your answer and uh also, another person wanted to know if you could burn down battlefields or, or create fire barriers, and there's a whole faction dedicated to doing just that. And then finally, are there any insta death abilities like disintegrate in Age of Wonder Three? And yes, but it looks like at least right now, only tier one and two units will ever have a chance to be totally insta killed in one hit by uh, like end game uh, weapon modules. So. There you go. That's Age of Wonders Planet Fall this week. Very cool, very excited. We'll move on to Thea 2. And it was kind of a brief update uh, on their Kickstarter this time around. And the, they first talked about release dates. And we're finally getting some firm timeframes for when people will be able to get their hands on this game. And, you know, they talk about how they don't release their games into early access until they're feature complete and ready to play. And I I think that has something to do with sort of the negative experiences people have had with early access over the last four or five years where games are pushed into early access too soon and they were really buggy and missing lots of features and, you know, it, it was seen as perhaps a cash grab or games spent years and years in early access and either never really left or or still there today so they told us here in this update that they're targeting november 2018 for early access and then a full launch the game in first quarter 2019 so that's going to push it off a little bit further than i thought i was a little bit surprised but also glad because i want this game to be right now if you're a backer from the kickstarter they plan to have a playable beta demo version ready in September, and that's just for Kickstarter backers who want to test, or test, I should say, and pledged at the 15-pound uh, level or more. So if you fall into that category, there you go. Your first chance to get your hands on the game will be September. Very cool. And then also in the update, they uh, had a, a really cool video, about a 20-minute video or so of a. Uh, a speed paint of one of the characters for the game. And I got to say, it's a really handsome character. Very good looking, sexy man. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. agreed. I mean, r- kind of a rustic looking yet, yet intellectual person. Uh, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree, Nate? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I was in Thea, I would
0: imagine I would be just like this guy. <laughs> so that—that's. I mean, I was watching it. I'm like, how do they know this? This is this is who I'd want to be. You know, I don't know if this is going to be uh, um a playable. I don't think it. I don't think it's a playable. It might be like part of a quest, or it might be a creature. You know, I don't know because uh, in Thea one, you had these human humanoid characters, but they weren't really playable. Part of quests, they're part of factions or something like that. So, I don't know what where, where this character is gonna do that. but it was fantastic. I was impressed.
1: Yeah, we'll stop messing with so the fans let's, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's this, this is what it is. It's a video of, uh, no, 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 no. You no, don't say it. save <laughs> okay. it. All right, don't are we gonna link it. it in the show let's, notes? Oh, yeah, it'll be linked in the show notes. All right, for sure. Well, so. pay close attention to that character guys uh when you watch that video Mm -hmm.
0: all right well talk about i got a surprise for you yeah so well it's not a surprise anymore it's been revealed but it is a surprise so okay let me preface it by this endless legend is one of my favorite of all time any platform any genre that i have ever played of any type be it computer be it board game be it tabletop be it card game be it whatever you know tag on the playground you know, hide and seek. It is one of my favorite. If I think game, endless legend is that one of my favorite. I couldn't place it in the top five because of too many genres. But if it was in my, if it was in a computer genre, it's easily top five for me. Easily. Having said that, I thought that they were done with endless legend. Turns out they're not. They have another expansion coming for it called Inferno. Now there's not too much information out there, and. As a VIP, obviously, I know a lot more that I'm letting on. But NDA, 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 and then there's NDA. So when they start revealing more information, we will be able to you know, reveal more. I'll be able to reveal more. Having said that, if you look at our link, they have like a splash screen. This is going to be the load screen for, for the new uh, DLC expansion called Inferno. And if you look very closely and you look at previous ones... There's information being revealed right then and there, like in previous ones. So if you look, this is the first time, I think, by the way, that's it's animated. And what you can see is you can see lava flows. You can see fire. You can see smoke. So, you know, it's called Inferno. I'm sure you can uh, draw your own conclusions from that. But it's going to be a new faction. Most likely it has something to do with fire, uh, with um, Orga coming to a standstill with a permanent and you know everything else going on, on the planet. To have this might be an interesting mechanic, a respite from what happens in the end game in um, Endless Legend. Now, having said all of that, I've seen some people post up in various places in our Steam forums, on you know, on their forums, on Twitter, like, oh, it's a cash grab, it's a money grab. And you know what? I, I cannot say whether it is or isn't. But this is Amplitude. And they're not just giving a reskin. This is going to be a new faction, new gameplay mechanics. And if they go based on what they had done for previous releases, it's not going to be a $20 or $30 release. It's going to be probably between 10 to 15 bucks, like their previous ones. It's going to be, you know, stuff that's, was it wanted or not? Don't know. Can't say. Does it fix some of the issues with the game? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. There's a few remaining UI issues, but I don't think they will ever be fixed because the game would have to undergo major renovation, hence why a fix like that probably will come in Endless Legend too. So having said that, do I think that this is going to be worth the money? Absolutely. Every piece of DLC that they released for Endless Legend, in my opinion, was fantastic.
1: I agree 100%. So as
0: my personal opinion, I'm not speaking here, Explorminate. I'm speaking here for Nate, for Nate, and in third person again. This this is going to be awesome for explominate Well, we'll have a review for this in the near future, and you can you know you can make your own judgment based on what you feel, what you don't feel. Now I know that there are plenty of people that Endless Legend never gripped them, never caught them. To them, it's like yeah, it's all right. It doesn't do anything for me. And hey, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Like, for me, there's quite a few genres that I don't like. You tell me about first-person shooters, and I'm like, I don't care. And you're like, what do you mean you don't care? This this Fortnite, this Battle Royale, and I'm like, whoop do. This Fortnite, this Battle Royale, I'm not interested. It could be the best, most amazing game ever. I couldn't care one iota. So, you know, to each
1: their own, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do agree with you, though, that Endless Legend, fantastic, awesome game. I'm excited about this new update or dlc or whatever it turns out to be so we're going to move on to uh imperator rome and if you didn't get enough last week of rome updates and if you know at the gates and aggressors ancient rome isn't enough you're also going to be able to get your hands on imperator rome at some point and i think next nate's going to talk about total war rome 2 so we got bunches of rome games Coming up, um, you know, Nate, when I was complaining about all the space 4X games and I wanted people to do something different, uh, I, I didn't mean for them to all do the same thing different, you know?
0: That's how it goes, man. It comes in ways. You're like, oh, <laughs> space games. Give me terrestrial games. Okay, here's seven iterations of Rome. No, no, that's not what I meant. That was something else. Teach you the versions
1: of, about China. Oh, man, forget it. Let's go back to space. <laughs> yeah, there right? you go. Right. So, anyway. We'll talk about Imperator Rome here for a moment. And uh, this is uh, a paradox game. And it, it spends, uh, you know, the first good part here, well, really the whole thing, telling you about the characters you're going to play. So there's four main attributes uh, martial, charisma, zeal, and finesse. And in those, uh, Govern different things like your ability to fight and lead troops, uh, your ability to invoke faith in other people, uh, your discipline at uh, paying attention to details and that sort of thing. And then, you know, your traits can be organized into different categories like personality, military health, and status. And this is kind of held over from Crusader Kings 2. In fact, a lot of this, a lot of Imperator Rome that they talk about in this update is... Uh, mainly mechanics taken right from Crusader Kings 2. So in Imperator Rome is, is going to be kind of like Crusader Kings 2 in a different time period. Uh, a lot of the same things are going to be there. They like to uh, joke about the lunatic trait that people either love or hate in Crusader Kings 2 is going to show up in Imperator Rome uh, and that sort of thing. Also, I thought this was really cool. The portraits for the different characters you can play, will age as the game goes on. So, I mean, I, th- I thought that was pretty neat. You'll, you could start out with, like, a really young, handsome leader, and then, you know, by the time you're finished with the game, he's old and got warts and wrinkly. And So I think that'll be kind of fun for people to, to watch as they play. Um, also, they're, they're talking about, like, lots of different uh, tribes and ethnicities are going to be included in the game. So there's going to be plenty of uh, historical goodness to choose from and and enjoy. So a short update, short update this week, not very much. But uh, the big takeaway is, uh, you know, if you like Crusader Kings 2, you're probably going to like Imperator Rome.
0: Yep, and like some of the mechanics there are also from Victoria. So this is going back to more grand strategy. It's also, they also had a previous, before Crusader Kings, they had a Rome game. So this is also a sequel to that successor, whatever you call the games these days. I don't even know anymore. Okay, so, yeah. It, hopefully people are not fed up with Rome yet because there's more Rome news. Now, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about, like, longevity of certain games. And, of course, you had already mentioned Crusader Kings 2. That's a game that's been out for, you know, a day or two with, <laughs> yeah. a, with a little bit of support from uh, Paradox. So, um. Creative Assembly doesn't want to be outdone and there's going to be a free update for Rome 2, Total War Rome 2. Now, when it initially came out, the game, Rome 2, we actually, I believe we have a review for it. I'll have to check. I'm pretty sure we have a review for it. Yeah,
1: I, I seem to remember us doing one in the early days. Yep. When it came
0: out, it had issues. It had major issues that it took Creative Assembly a long time to fix. And they did. And now if you ask people about Rome 2, people are like, man, this game is fantastic. They did a really good job. They've earned back my business. So that's good. So what is this update? So you have family trees. If you know anything about Greek. Uh, society or roman society from from classic ta- classic ages a lot of a lot of the people that were in power were due to their familial associations and you know you had power passing from one family member to another they would you know they're landlords they held slaves they controlled giant tracts of land all over that part of the world which is Surrounding the Mediterranean and moving further north and, you know, further west in regards to Rome, like into France and into Brittany and whatnot. So um, here you you're they're bringing that back and you can see like the relations between the various members. So this is again, this is a mechanic that I'm pretty certain they're going to have. Now, I'm going a little sidetracked here, but um, Creative Assembly is also making a game that's about China however you classify their total war series is going to be set in China. And in China, in their history, familial relations were incredibly important. So maybe this is like a a preview of what to expect from, from those games, you know, from the three kingdoms games. So as part of this, and again, this is also stepping back to a feature that was present in other total war games that was taken out. People have been wanting back. So now they have it back. And the, a. So this update is free. B. This update is cool. C. This is like a little bit like Crusader Kings 2. And as well as that, there's also going to be some fixes. There, this is also a patch. They're going to be fixing some issues. They're going to be fixing pro- reported problems. There's going to be visual fidelity updates. There's battle AI. There's gameplay and things like that. So this is this is awesome. This is a game that's been out for a while. Since then, they've released several games not including the Warhammer games and for them to go back and do this it's interesting because i don't know i mean we've talked about this many times before but creative assembly and amplitude studios are both now owned by sega so you you know you don't have somebody going back and doing something like this without sega's giving them the thumbs up and like go ahead that's a good idea so it makes me wonder if they're going to do something similar to their other games to their other titles Maybe Dawn of War 3 is going to get another shake. You know, who knows? Because that game really, I mean, there's people that swear by it. I'm not one of them. That game completely turned me off. But sad as it is, that's the state. So now, continuing in the Total War uh, vein, we have an update about Total War Warhammer 2. Now they recently released the Norse, the Norsekins, and they had a DLC that had to do with um with uh, high elves and dark elves. But people are starting to ask, like, "Hey, how come you're not putting out more content? Why are you guys? Poor you put out." So here's the thing: so you have one group of people that say DLC is awful. I don't want to buy it. I, this is garbage. Why can't I just buy the complete game? Okay have another group that i'm part of that says dlc can be awful but a lot of times dlc can be good too it just really depends on how good the dlc is how well it is implemented what it includes i don't just want dlc for the sake of dlc i want dlc or expansions or whatever whatever you want to call it when it comes it better be worth it then there's another group that's just like i want horse armor i want flying helmets i want shiny thingies whatever you know I'll buy everything, just give me more stuff. So I'm I'm like in the middle group. So on Reddit, there's a post explaining what's going on. Now, this is some this is from Creative Assembly posting on Reddit explaining why there's not more DLC coming. And basically the gist of it is A and B. Part one is they don't want to have an issue like they had with the Norsicans, which is promise something and then Either not deliver or under deliver. So by not delivering is they come up against some kind of technical difficulties and they can't put it out. Or under deliver where they do like what they did with the Mortal Empires campaign at first. Like at first they released there were all kinds of lag issues. Map was too big. There's so much unbalance in there. So they want to make sure that whatever DLC they put out is good. Now the second thing they want is they want to make sure that the DLC they put out is not just good, it's great. DLC that has a lot of content, DLC that has depth, DLC that has uniqueness to it. So recently Stellaris with distant stars, they had they they released these new L gates and it's so amazing. Playing it, they're like, okay, we don't get it. And the uh, Stellaris Dev team is like, oh, okay, yeah, we messed up. We're gonna keep fixing it. We promise it'll be worth it. So they don't want something like that. They don't want to be like. Uh, uh, they had that issue with uh, with the Chaos Warbands. Like their Chaos Warbands are awful. They and they have yet to introduce Chaos in Total War Warhammer 3. Maybe they'll wait till, I mean, Total War Warhammer Two. Maybe they're gonna wait till three and make them the big bads in that to match what happened in the lore. That you know, in the digital realm. So. Who knows? Either way, I'm grateful that the developers are talking to the community. That is very important. And that they are taking their time to make sure they release good content. Because you know what? That's that's at the crux of everything. If you don't do that, you're going to lose your fans.
1: Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, Next is Star Control Origins. And this uh, dev diary for it is all about how much you can screw up the game. And uh, they introduced this by saying, you know, Star Control Origins is a sequel to the Star Control games from the 90s. And in the 90s, players were expected to read manuals and have a pretty good understanding of the game before they ever even played. So Origins is not going to have a tutorial. Now, I think we all would like to lay bets on how long that will actually last for the game and whether or not it'll end up with a tutorial before everything is said and done with it. But Origins will not have a tutorial for the game. You're going to jump right in and play. That doesn't mean that there's nothing there to help the player. Like, the UI is very intuitive. The game... Gives you warnings about dangerous places you might go or bad decisions you might make, but you are free to make those bad decisions and to go into those dangerous places. There isn't like uh, practice runs for landing your dropship, which uh, like does look a little bit challenging. But again, I, I've I've watched the videos, I've seen the UI. It it looks it looks intuitive enough. I think people will pick it up. It's just that you know. You're not going to get a, a tutorial or a room where everything's covered in Nerf foam, so you you can practice and be an expert before you actually start playing. Um, also, uh, you know, th- this update talks about uh, the AI camera for star systems means you're not going to have to learn how to uh, navigate from from place to place and this sort of thing. And um, also, there are uh, fail safes in case players get stuck and the game is actually going to encourage what a lot of people call scum saving it's going to save every time before you jump or drop down to a planet and e- before every time you get in a battle that way if it does go badly you can just load up your last save and continue from there so you know, I don't have a problem so much with scum saving when, you know, you're learning a game and you're going to make mistakes like anything new when you learn it. You're going to make mistakes. And there's a lot of nuance to video games or, or any complex task. So they're including this in there, you know, because, hey, we wanted to have the feel of the 90s games where they didn't hold your hand, but also we recognize the realities of the situation where. Yeah, you since we're allowing you to make mistakes, you're probably going to make some. And you might want to take a few of them back. Uh, Origins is going to have a non-linear campaign. There will be breadcrumbs for people to follow. But, you know, a lot of people will kind of compare role-playing games either to a sandbox, right? Where you can go anywhere you want and build anything you want, do anything you want. Or like a railroad where you're on a really cool ride. But it's pretty much on rails. You're, you're going through it step by step and you got to complete each step in order star control origins looks more like a theme park where there's lots of cool rides everywhere and once you get on that ride there are certain things you have to do in certain orders but you know you can go to whatever ride you want even the biggest scariest ride if, if you want to take that on first and um yeah see how it goes so anyway this Updates all about uh, player freedom and flexibility to play how they want, explore how they want, and make the kinds of mistakes we all remember fondly from our early days.
0: Yes, agreed. Now, it would be good if they also had like an Iron Man mode on the higher difficulties,
1: so you can't come
0: safe. I'm pretty sure they'll have some version of it because, you know, they're trying to please the whole audience. So the idea about making the game... Like a choose your own adventure is to please the players of the original games, and right. then making it having scum saving is more for more recent players that don't really like to lose. And that's where a lot of frustration comes in a lot of games. Like, I look, I have it myself as well, but I understand that. So I don't turn it around and get angry at the devs because they do something like that. I just don't play those games. And I'm more specifically referring to roguelikes. Roguelites. Oh
1: yeah, for sure.
0: So they frustrate the hell out of me. So I just for the most part stay away. But if it's an interesting game, I'll grab it just the same and you know fire it up from time to time just to remind myself why I'm staying away. So hopefully we'll we'll see. I'm I, I've I'm a huge fan of Star Control. I'm one of the few people out there that probably doesn't hate Star Control 3. So which is on the same level as Master of Orion 3 was. So who knows? All right. Let me talk about a game that we have spoken about many times, and I'm just going to – this is just a quick update for their – so this is from LGM Games. This is Starpoint Gemini Warlords, and they have an update for the Xbox version. Now, the reason I'm mentioning it is because, A, it's a free update. B, one of our writers, Micah, he played it on the Xbox last year, and he – he said a lot of good things, like, oh, man, it plays really well. I wasn't sure how it would do with the controller, but it's pretty solid. It's decent controls. I like it. So this is kind of for the people that might have bought it as a result of our reporting on it last year for the Xbox. So there's more stuff coming. It's free. It's cool. Check it out. It's going to have some new Conquest features. It's going to have some... Uh, there's some fixes, there's some economic changes, there's gameplay changes, can be there's a new ship that you can buy at a couple of different places. Again, if you want to know what all of that is, we'll have a link in the notes and you can just click on it and find out. Now, moving on, last week we did not have a new game to introduce in the what is section, so this week we have two. Now, one of them we might have spoken about in the past, but I'll just pretend we haven't, so you can cover that one and I'll start with the first one. The game is called Ostrov and this is a city builder set in the 18th century and basically you can there's going to be some campaign missions in there so you can do like a story mode or basically just sandbox it and it it looks really good. I like what I'm seeing. It's uh, it does not look like it's going to be a pushover. So it's not going to be something that you're just going to you know cruise through. So I I don't know where to place it on the difficulty scale. So at the one end you have city skylines, and at the other end you have stuff like I don't know maybe of recent. I'm going to talk recent games. I'm not going to go like back. So what would you say? What's easier? Uh Avon Colony or Surviving Mars? Mm. Probably Surviving Mars. Really? Well, okay. Why'd you ask if you didn't want no, no. To hear my answer? <laughs> no, it's uh, no, <laughs> I didn't I'm not a I'm not saying that I don't want to hear your answer because I expect you to tell me what I want to hear. I'm just asking, you really think Surviving Mars is easier? Joshua would be the better person because he reviewed both of them, but yeah, he's not definitely. on. So let I'll just say this much. From from his review, I think Avon Colony was more automatic like once you figure out the build order it's just like you can just rinse and repeat whereas with surviving mars that could change a little bit more having said that it doesn't really matter i think compared to city skylines both of the games are incredibly easy even on the harder difficulties so this game is going to be somewhere in the middle maybe trying to move a little bit closer to city skylines now there's going to be a link for it in the, in the notes so definitely check it out and i've been following it for i don't know four, five months, six months now on Twitter. So I pay attention. I'm just I'm just interested. I'm you know, as I said before, maybe it was at this point two years ago I had said that the city builder is going to be the next huge thing that's not in Forex. And, you know, lo and behold, here you go. Another game is coming That There's a few others I'll be mentioning in the upcoming weeks as well. So Definitely check it out. If this is your cup of tea, you might want to look into it. And if it's not, just, you know, give them a glance. Maybe
1: it's something you've wanted and you don't even know you wanted it. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm going to talk about Iron Harvest. And Iron Harvest is a mech game. And their latest uh, update, talking about a lot of different things, uh, they took the game to Unite Berlin, which is a convention put on by the Unity Engine people. And so they got to show it off there, which I didn't know there was such a convention. I think that's pretty cool because a lot of devs are using that engine now. And uh, Iron Harvest is a game where you're going to kind of mix mechs with infantry. And Nate, I wanted to ask you real quick, like in the tabletop version of Battletech, which I played for years and years, uh-huh. you know, you, you you could have infantry and mechanized infantry and hover mm-hmm. tanks, VTOLs, and right. artillery, right on up to the battle mechs, right? Right. Does the new Battletech game have any of that besides well, the mechs? Well,
0: so it has, uh, it has basically, you have tanks and you have turrets, but in this point of the story, you don't – you – okay, so as your lance, you can only pick mechs. You can't field tanks. The tanks come as either planetary defenders or, you know, as part of a pirate invasion or even part of a, uh, like a like a lance mech from an enemy force that lands. So you do face a couple of units in – well, let me see. You have – maybe eight or nine different tanks of various difficulty, various tonnage from low to like really high ones. Okay. And then you have the turrets. Again, you have probably three tiers of turrets, maybe four, that are mixed turrets. Like there's ones that are uh, auto cannons, ones that are lasers, ones that are basically missile batteries and PPCs, you know, various combinations. But you, as the person playing, you cannot feel the base. You can't land uh, mechanized infantry, I guess, or tank units or whatnot. You just basically just have your mechs.
1: Okay, cool. Well, in this game, I, I I thought that was the case. I thought that was the case. In this game, that's what's going to set it apart a little bit. I think from BattleTech, where yeah, you can have infantry and there's a lot of cool cover. With this game, so, like, you know, your, your infantry units can hide in trees, so they can't be seen as well. They can hide behind a wall. Or they could even hide behind a mech. So, like, they're behind the mech, and they can peek out from behind the mech and, and shoot at another mech, and then, you know, the mech that they're shooting at is going to have a hard time shooting back at them because there's another mech in the way, and that's pretty cool. And then also... You remember back when, like, voxels were all the rage for, like, a year or two because of Mind Quest and Voxel Quest and that sort of thing, and yep. people thought, hey, you know, this is going to be, like, the future of uh, video game design where, like, everything in the, the world is going to be voxels and you can just manipulate it however you want. And that didn't really pan out. But in this game, like, everything can be blown up and destroyed, all the buildings and all that stuff are going to have different hardness levels like like in the tabletop battle tech game and so uh you can you can blow up the whole battlefield and that's pretty cool so uh the the battlefield is intended to change as the battle goes on so i i thought that was pretty neat and then you know they they give some insight into their process for um, designing their mechs and their artillery units and this sort of thing and it's very cool to get kind of a behind the scenes look at how they do artwork for the game. So uh, anyway, if you're if you're enjoying BattleTech, uh, please continue to do that. If you're looking for another mech type game, uh, this Iron Harvest uh, is, is out there and might deserve some of your attention.
0: Well, two two things I'd like to add. Number 1, this is not a turn-based game. This is no, a real-time it's real-time, str- yeah. it's real-time strategy. So this has a cover system. It's there are a lot of similarities to Company of Heroes 2 and to Dawn of War 2. So that's the first thing. The second thing, now when people hear Mech, they're like, "Oh man, it's got to be robots, you know." Yes, it's got to be, you know, futuristic stuff, giant knights. No, no, no. This is steampunk mixed with World War 1. What if they used steam engines to drive mechs. That's what this is. This is not a game that's set in the future. This is actually a game set in the past. And this is, you know, it's it's a World War I type game that's with mechs and with mechanized tanks that are different than, you know, the tanks that were used in World War One, World War II. So I think that needs to be said. There will be a link in the notes. So check it out. Now. Let's move on to the next thing. So remember how earlier I was talking about games that get support, like old games that get support? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was this interesting article in PC Gamer. Now, I know I just said PC Gamer, an interesting article. That has not been the case for a long time. It's very rare for them to have something interesting, but this was interesting. And and not just interesting, but pretty well written. And it doesn't feel like clickbait, like they're trying to sell you something as part of this, which is something that has been an issue with a lot of articles from PC Gamer and for from uh, you know you know like old news sources, The One Digital. Anyways, this thing is called the '80s and '90s PC games, still unbelievably being updated today. The title is kind of wonky. I'm not sure what they're getting at with the title because it could be like 18 different things. But the games they chose are very, very interesting. So one of these games, for example, called NetHack, and this was a MUD. Now, if you don't know what a MUD is, I'm not going to explain it to you. you. If you don't know it, you don't know it. And if you do, then you're like, yeah, I know what it is. So my best friend... In uh, high school and college, I think he lost a year of... He didn't lose. It's just he wasted a year of his college time just playing NetHack. (laughs) So he could have actually graduated earlier. He graduated on time, but he's a really sharp guy, and he could have graduated a year earlier had he not been playing NetHack. I think that's not just NetHack. Another game that he played was... um, What was it? Uh, Also on this list, I think Genesis was another game that he played. And... uh, yeah this is these games were through Usenets you needed to have fast internet back in the late eighties early nineties, which was only really found on for public consumption would have been on a university campus. Another game they have here is Ultima online another one that's very true starcraft still getting supported so yeah it's it was just interesting it's a fun it's it's fun when a place that used to provide all these cutting edge articles and good pieces of information still does that from time to time. So I like it. Now I'm kind of, this is different. So the next thing I want to talk about is different, but it's interesting. So this is a little bit about Steam Spy. You know how when Steam Spy went the way of the dodo because of Valve, I was very much talking about all the BS, oh, it's the G- GDPR, it's this, it's that, it's the other thing, and I'm like, nah. it's nothing to do with that. Valve got embarrassed because a lot of information got revealed that they did not want to want out there, and then they shut down Steam Spy. So, since then, a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, we talked about this uh, list, this database that was going around, that was comprised of a data miner looking at people's achievements and figuring out based on their achievements how many people owned games. Now, of course, there's always built-in inaccuracy with stuff like that, but it was a very interesting list because there was a lot of interesting information there that affects, doesn't I can't say affects us, but informs us about how games are doing. So what did I do? I contacted a couple of different developers who we have good relationships with, and I asked them, let, you know, I, we're we're thinking of doing an article. We don't know if we're gonna ever be able to do it because this was your forte. You you loved to make these statistical analyses of game sales and performance. So I asked them like, Hey, how did your how does your game sell? We're not gonna reveal the publisher. We're not gonna reveal the game. We're not gonna reveal the numbers. But we just wanted to know and then compare it to the figures that were posted in this uh, doc database, whatever you want to call it. So some of them said something that was, like, really surprised me in, a, in an interesting way, and I'll tell you why. Some of the games were almost spot on, like within, I'd say, 10% difference. And these are not games that sold 35 copies. These are games that sold in the hundreds of thousands or in the low millions. Just to give you an idea, not saying who, not saying what I was told, but just to give you an idea that these are not games that, you know, somebody made in their basement and sold 10,000 copies of. And the difference was in 10%, but he had other ones that sold just as well or close, the difference was much bigger. Do you know why, though?
1: Um, I might guess that some people have the game, never played it, so they never got an achievement. That's one, but do you know what's another reason? Tell
0: me how difficult it was to get the first achievement. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if if a game is really hard and you get an automatic achievement by booting it up, creating a faction or a character in an RPG or, you know, clearing one mission in something and you get an achievement and you can do that in, you know, half hour, hour, three hours, whatever, then the representation is accurate. But if you're playing a game... That's really hard or doesn't have a lot of achievements or has very, very specific achievements that are not attainable or at least not without actually playing the game. Then it's being represented or reported incorrectly. And I found that really interesting because I know that you and I, I know we were talking about it and you had your reservations about doing a piece until you knew more about how accurate it was. Oh, yeah. And this sure. kind of confirms it, that we don't really know. <laughs> we, we can find out information under the premise that we don't reveal where it came from or who because they don't want to publish it you know maybe they're a public company maybe whatever they have somebody to report to and if we cannot reveal how we got by this information that we can't really publish a statistical piece because we can't back up our data so i found that interesting and now another thing so this is another thing that came from the community from time to time various community members will be like hey I was following this game. I haven't heard anything from it. Do you guys know what's going on? Can you reach out and find out? So in the past week, maybe between Twitter and our forums, maybe four or five different people asked me about a couple of different games. So I reached out and I heard back from one of them, which is John Schaefer working on At the Gates. And in the past, he's had issues where he just falls off the map for a given period of time. And You know, as a result, some people have been very unhappy with him, which is understandable. He has his reasons. They have their reasons. I, you know, it's hard for me to say who's right, who's wrong. But I asked him, I go, hey, John, I haven't heard from you for a while. What's going on? He's like, oh, everything's good. I have a major update coming. You should be seeing it on the Kickstarter, whichever platform. I think he went with Kickstarter. It should be a Kickstarter update. It'll be on the website in the next week or two. Here's a quick preview. He sent me a screen grab of, you know, he's working on the notes. And if you know... His posting they're always like insanely long and detailed, which is good because you want that, and he's like, "No, everything is going good. Is the game coming out this year? uh just read what I have to say, yeah, it's definitely some good changes are coming, so I think people that are invested in and looking forward to at the gates will see that he
1: didn't fall off the earth again, you know, yeah, definitely, uh, let's see what else do we have to cover tonight um Oh, one thing we want to ask you guys about, uh, if you could either comment in the comments for this podcast or on our forums, is we've kind of locked down the forums to invite only. So if you want in, you have to know somebody who's already in and get them to invite you. Um, or or ask, or ask uh,
0: me basically by cl- – when you go, go into the forums, there's a button that says join. So if you click on it, then you have to wait for approval.
1: Right. Exactly, that's the so, other way, yeah, um you know for for a long time, uh it was just you know like most steam forums just open, anybody could join immediately, but we had a problem with spam bots it, it was oh my really God, bad.
0: it was awful, it was like, what is it? It started last November and and like until I locked it down, it went on for like two, three months we've We have not banned anybody from the forums, there were a few. Temporary bans, like hey, chill out, you know, get a little perspective, but they were admitted back in. But with this, it was like sometimes it was like five, six, seven, ten 10 a day of these CSGO bots and whatever oh, that, else, yes. garbage. Oh my God. So we,
1: we made it private or invite only, and right. the problem and went away. It went away. And so we haven't had a problem, obviously, with it for a while. So right. we were wondering right. if people would be comfortable with us reopening it to automatic joining in the future or if you want us to be vigilant about spam um, mm-hmm. we haven't made a decision we were kind of hoping to get some community feedback um, In if you don't care tell us you don't care right? <laughs> like, w- however you feel about it just let us know that way uh, we can make a decision that's that's best for everybody so right. that, that's all we want to do is just hear what the community had to say about reopening the forum uh, changing it from invite op- only just to open forum right. so anyway uh, that's all I have this week, Nate. Have you got anything you want to say before we close it up? Uh, games we're playing? What have you been oh, playing? Oh, man, I forgot all about it. Oh, that. my God, Troy. It's like the first
0: time you're on the podcast or something.
1: Yeah, what, uh, let's see. What did I play this past week? Well, obviously World of Tanks Blitz. Um, I played, uh, some Endless Legend, because, uh, I just wanted to play that again. Some Thea of the Awakening. Um think that was it though i think that's it
0: what about you uh i played BattleTech, not too much just just a couple of missions i'm still at the same point i was a few weeks ago i'm just still trying to overpower my way through the mission that i've upcoming mission that i have because i know it's a nasty mission so i want to get like all top-notch assaults for that so i've been kind of farming the various looking for the right mechs and weapon loadouts and i played more gladius the last time i saw something like this was endless legend endless legend when it launched it had eight factions gladius is four but once we get to see what the tyranids and the tau and you know the eldar or maybe dark i don't know if it's going to be dark eldar and eldar even though they're very different from one another they're going to be separate or together they're going to be you know maybe another release that has a different like chaos space chaos you know and chaos space marines and demons there's so much for them to draw on once there's more, then, then you know, we can say, okay, yeah, it's on the level of Endless Legend. But for now, the faction of symmetry is probably more than any other game short of Endless Legend and maybe Endless Space Two. So they definitely play differently. Um the quest system, it's I I don't know. I normally don't I don't know. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So it's hard to say. I haven't done any of the quests yet, so I can't really speak as to how good or bad they are. Uh, I'm playing on a difficulty that the AI is not a pushover, but it's not the same bloodthirsty AI that Ale was working on for um, Pandora. So we'll have to see if he ends up helping out with this and making another bloodthirsty AI like that. That was just, that was like the most brutal AI ever, I think. Or up there with Galsif 2. And I just got a key. From Slytherin for um, Sanctus Reach, which is Warhammer 40k, but it's more like the tabletop.
1: Is it Sanctus Reach or Sanctus Reach 2?
0: No, it's Sanctus It's Sanctus Reach. The one okay. you're thinking of, the 2, that's for... Um, is it Vermintine? No, 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 no. No, no. The, hold on, hold on. Um, oh, my God. We've been releasing all the videos for it, too. Uh, Dallin and um, Ben have been playing it. On uh, on Twitch, it's, oh uh, my god, I cannot believe it. Oh my god, let me check real quick. Let me check. This is, let me see. Oh, they're going to be so mad at me that I don't remember. Battlefleet Gothic, there you go. Oh, okay. So, Battlefleet Gothic 2 is coming. So, that's different. Battlefleet Gothic is in space, it's with ships. So, saint Reach. that's terrestrial. That's that's almost like playing like like playing the tabletop where you have squads. You can have uh, you know the various anything from you know your your like Imperial Guard going. I think some of the DLC are Imperial Guard and uh, you also have uh, Chaos Chaos Space Marines and stuff like that. So yeah, I'll be checking that out probably by the next time that we record this. I already have given it a try. I keep being told it's a lot like the tabletop, and I kind of miss the tabletop. So, okay, you know what, that actually, that's, let me go back to Gladys real quick. I think that's the one thing that they're missing and they need to address. It is very important. I don't know if they're going to charge for this. I hope that they do it as an army painter. Because for any Warhammer game, you, you, especially like 40K, you want to be able to deck out Your Space Marines or your, uh, you know, Imperial Guard or your – hell, even the Necrons, you know, you want to make them look different because there's a lot of – that's one of the big draws is like the models and like all the work that goes into that. So – Anyways, that's that's. I think that's something that they need to at least consider. So if you guys are listening to proxy, if you guys are listening to this, uh, think about it. Definitely something the community will appreciate. This is one of the few times that you know an army painter will really come in handy because a lot of times people are like, "Oh, I don't like having ship builders. I don't want all that stuff. Just give me the damn ship so I can play." But in Warhammer, yeah, 40k, you want it. People will appreciate it. So with that, I think that's it. The usual. Thank you to our patrons um in the last i think it was maybe a week a week and a half ago you might have been messaged through patreon that was me that was nothing patreon wasn't doing anything i noticed that a couple of people dropped off and i just sent the message you know hey we're still here you know we appreciate all your past support so if you got something like that it wasn't patreon being skivvy or scummy that was me so if if i went over like if i went overboard let me know but i was trying to be you know the ones that are supporting us, I was saying, saying thank yous to, at least from the past, I think, seven months, eight months. I couldn't see anything older than that. So if you were wondering what that was, that was me. And there's some stuff coming, and I promised you. And by the time you hear this show, there will be that next step that I was talking about. And that's going to be – I got a couple of different vendors that I've scouted out and got stuff from, from merchandise. So it's I'm going to get you guys certain things. It's just like barely above cost just to make sure we cover shipping and whatever taxes. So we won't be making a penny on it, but it's going to be some cool stuff. So expect that very soon. And I think that's it. What awesome. about you?
1: Nope, nothing else. Awesome. Uh, just want to thank everybody for listening. We enjoyed having you here with us. This has been Troy and Nate for Exploraminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.